0: God bless. Good morning. Good morning. Those of you who've tuned in, glad you can tune in. Thankful for those who are here talking, having fun together. Um, Those of you who are not here will not be able to enjoy the fragrance of Jason bringing in garlic and something for some of the guys to eat. Um, So you're missing out. (laughs) <laughs> but maybe it's not a bad thing. Actually, it's not It's not bad. Uh, anyway, we're so glad to be able to gather again together. Um, let's pause. Let's pray before we get started. Let me turn off my phone so I stop getting calls. All right, let's pray. Lord, may our hearts be still. May our Minds be able to focus on things that can't be seen, on things that you are wanting to do within us. And as we set aside this time, we are expectant for your work to take place. We are desirous for that to take place, and we welcome that. So, Father, move among us. And Once again, Lord, I lift up those who are going through difficulties, our friends who are physically ill, unable to be with us, those who are emotionally still weak and have a hard time venturing out, for other family problems and struggles that life seems to always bring about. We pray that you would help us to come alongside and strengthen and hold up one another. God, we thank you again for an opportunity to hear and to do as you administer to us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Randy. A couple of announcements. One, uh, there is a full circle happening this Saturday at 5 o'clock. It's just a time for us to gather together. Anyone who wants to come down, uh, be here at 5 o'clock. Is it in this building or the works building? It's in the works building. That's right. Saturday, 5 o'clock at the works building. Um, So feel free to come and join in. Um, Also, uh, we sent out a a newsletter. I told you last week that we would get it out this week. We did by the skin of our teeth. It was like (laughs) Saturday at 11 o'clock or something like that. But um, if you are signed up to receive the newsletter, you should have it in your email. If you are not signed up would like to see it, then you can request and we can still send it out to you. And in the newsletter, we kind of give you a lowdown of all the things that we spent money, took money in for 2021, as well as just some other information. Some of the information that we talk about is how many people are watching online and how many people are listening to us. And of course, more people are doing that than are actually attending. And I say all that to throw this out to those of you who are listening or watching and still consider Genesis maybe to be part of your faith community. Um, We need your support. Right, and so there are different ways that you can give. You can go to our website, thegenesisstory.com, and you can see there that it'll have all the information how to give, and that includes Zelle, that includes Venmo, that includes our. Um, it has like a automatic. Uh, you can go and put it in there, and it will actually do that automatically for you every month if you wanted to do it that way, or even our address. Some people still mail. Uh, Checks And and we're fine with any of those methods. So let you know that all those things are there and available for you. Um, Today we're continuing on our foundation series, and this is part three. And today I'm going to be talking about how plans and programs must always serve and benefit people. It's something that I think seems obvious, but we can lose sight of this so many times. And we're going to start in Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, it says, When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed from his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. It's so difficult sometimes to change the way we have been raised to think and start thinking another way. For example, right now, before the Senate there, or the Senate passed the bill for daylight savings time. You guys seen that? So daylight savings time, all it has to do is go through Congress and we could bypass the change of time. I don't remember this, but this happened once before in 1973. Does anyone remember that? I was in the ninth grade and ninth grade was kind of a blur for me. I was living with my 18-year-old brother in Hollywood and it was a dazed and confused kind of day. So I don't remember a lot of what happened that year. But apparently it was a disaster that more children were killed during that time because at eight o'clock when they walk to school, it's black and dark during the wintertime. And so they were hit by cars. Now, maybe our lighting is better. Maybe car lighting is better. Maybe kids are faster. I don't know. Maybe those kinds of things can happen. But they forgot about that. They want to try it again. And so they're saying that it would actually be better to keep it at standard time but then we don't get that extra hour during the summer and would probably be even better if we only changed it by a half hour. But good luck trying to sell that, right? We just don't work that way. Our minds say, no, what's the hour? What is this half hour thing? And are we just gonna change everything? How do we just do something like that? Our brains just get locked in where this might be the best thing we can do. This might be our opportunity to change this to a standard time that just makes sense for our bodies and our society. But we won't do it because we are locked locked into a way of thinking that prevents us from moving forward. And I think that happens with our belief systems so many times, our ideologies, when they're confronted with something that's a contradiction. For example, the law of Moses in Leviticus 5 and 13 commanded people not to touch anyone who was unclean with a skin disease like leprosy. But here, Jesus is touching a leper, which is in violation of the law. Now, that is something that some people have to just be so by the book. I have actually, when I started preparing for this morning, read different people's comments on this. And some people said Jesus could not break the law. So what happened is the person was cleansed before he actually touched them, so he wouldn't break the law. It's like, man, we will dance through hoops to try and hold on to the things that make us feel secure. Here's another example where we have a conflict with a little bit of the law and what is being done with Jesus in his name. In Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. It's a good-sized chariot. You get two people sitting in there, right? This is like your luxury sedan chariot here. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak for his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to water and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? Well, actually, there was things that could stand in the way of him being baptized the fact that he was a eunuch. You see, in Deuteronomy 23, verse 1, it says, No one shall be emasculated by crushing or cutting. You may enter the assembly of the Lord. Okay, this man went to Jerusalem to worship. He was not allowed to go into the temple because that was forbidden for a eunuch. So he went there, who knows where he was able to be, maybe in the outer courts. He went there and was coming back. Who knows why he had a scroll of the prophet Isaiah, but he did, and on his way back encounters Philip. Verse 38, it says, chapter eight, verse 38 of Acts, he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Formerly, he could not enter the temple at all. And now he had become part of the temple. As Paul would tell us in 1 Corinthians 3, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in you? Before he was not allowed to dwell in the temple of God and now the temple of God is dwelling in him. Now, for us, this is an exciting story. Oh, man, this is amazing. Who is this important individual? And look how Philip just happened to go them. And the story gets on more exciting, too, if you want to continue reading it. But to the Jews at that time, this story was shocking. This man is damaged, like the leper, like the woman with the issue of blood for all those years who touched Jesus' garment like the woman who was caught in adultery, like the Samaritan woman at the well, like women in general at that time who could not go into the inner part of the temple but had to stay in the court of women that was on the outside. These are problems that they saw taking place to their tradition and their belief. Someone was trying to change daylight savings time to standard time and adjust it by a half hour and they just could not wrap their mind around it. You don't do this with a eunuch, a foreigner. You don't touch a leper, it's forbidden probably the biggest violation it seems of the law at least that we see through Jesus's ministry is of course the sabbath. And I want to start off with Exodus chapter 20 to give us an idea of how important this was. Why is this such a big deal? For us it's like, hey, so they, you know, healed them on a Saturday. What's the what's the deal? But in Exodus 20, verse eight, it says, "'Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, "'but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord God. "'On it you shall do no work, "'neither you nor your son or daughter, "'nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, "'nor any foreigner residing in your towns.'" For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now, for a people who were enslaved for years in Egypt, and working was just their life. Seven days a week, you made bricks or whatever it is you did, and you just worked, you just worked, you just worked. And then there comes this law saying, on this day you don't work because it is a day of worship. And there is a connection between the Sabbath and this very thing. In Deuteronomy 5.15, it says... Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. You were made for more than just work. You were made for worship. This was a big deal to them. The Sabbath is what set them apart. And it's still observed by many Jews to this day. Where if you go into some areas, I know like in Fairfax district and stuff, where I'll be training a dog on a Saturday and all of a sudden I see all these Jews walking to their temple. They don't even drive their cars because they don't want to ignite the ignition because they weren't supposed to do those kinds of things. Well, one of the things that we see taking place is that in Matthew chapter 12, the disciples are doing something against The Sabbath. You see, working included harvesting, and harvesting was any work you did to take the food from the field and prepare it to be eaten. And so the disciples are going, well, let's read in verse 1 of chapter 12. At the same time Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, his disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look! Your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. What were they doing? They're just picking grain. We think no big deal. To them, it was a huge deal. Don't you know what this means to our people? Don't you know how important this is? And when they would take the grain, they would have to rub it in their hands to get all the chaff off so that they they can eat the kernel. To them, that was work. You are now harvesting. And we might say, oh, that's so nitpicky, those kinds of things. And Jesus steps into that. But we have to understand, as Jesus gave examples of David going into the temple, eating the showbread that was supposed to be just for the priests, and the priests themselves eating and preparing food that's in violation against this law, we start to see that there's some more layers to this than just this either-or that we kind of get locked into. So Jesus would say in verse 8 of Matthew 12, The son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. Oh man, that got a a arousing applause, I'm sure, from people. It's like, Lord of the Sabbath? Because that's basically putting them in a position of God who gave them that law. And he would also say the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, laws are meant to serve the people, not the other way around. And there are so many other examples of what Jesus did that were contrary to their beliefs and structure. Again, the woman caught in adultery, the prostitute washing his feet with her tears if he knew what manner of woman this was. And so we see that these plans, programs, these laws, Jesus put people above them, that these were always meant to serve and benefit, not to bring a burden on people. And we need to be careful we don't turn the Bible into a book of law and rules again. A lot of times we'll say, oh, that was the Old Testament, but then we start taking rules and putting them on us from the New Testament. F.F. Bruce, an incredible Greek scholar, said that Paul would be rolling over in his grave if he knew that we turned his writings into Torah that we've done the same thing that Jesus accused the Pharisees of doing with the New Testament. And just for fun, let me give you a couple of examples because I always like that. 1 Corinthians 11, verse five. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. It It is the same as having her head shaved For if a woman does not cover her head, she might as well have her hair cut off. But if it is a disgrace for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved, then she should cover her head. Every one of you women, except for Sue, who's half a violation, right? (laughs) She's got a visor not covering the whole thing. Now... Before our time, when you go back to like Little House on the Prairie kind of days, right? All the women had their hair covered with bonnets because of this passage of scripture, right? And they had to have long hair because it is a shame for a woman to have short hair. The Bible says so. What happened? Why are women here today and all over the world without their head covered for most part? Well, because we started to look at this letter that Paul wrote to these people in this place and we saw that there were other things happening that is the reason he said this. But there was a time this was the letter of the law to people. You better have your head covered. You better have long hair because the Bible says so. Then we had a little more insight and we said, well, I don't think that's the point. And again, the... The plans, the programs, the laws, if they don't serve and benefit people, what's more important? Why is having your head covered so important? Is that what God is really concerned about? But in First Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, it says, I do not permit a woman to teach or assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. This one's never changed for most in the evangelical world. Why did we change the other one, but not this one? Why don't we ask the same questions we asked about women having their heads covered, or having to have long hair, or not long hair, and saying that they cannot speak and teach? Well, we've adjusted it. Well, they can teach the kids. At what age does the kid become a man and she can't teach him anymore? Is it 13? Is it when he has that bar mitzvah? What age is? Oh, he's 16. You can no longer teach him. Is it 18? 21, when do you cut the line? Is it every culture is different? Oh, they can lead in worship because that's not really leading, really? Right, we, we, we adjust these things based on what's convenient for us. Were women made for the church or is the church made for women? Because over 60% of the church is made by women, and we have crippled the work of God by silencing the voice of over 60% of its people. Because a a plan, a program, a way of seeing things is more important than the people. And, And I get the struggle, I've been here. I held those views, I defended those views At one point, not too long ago, I was having a dialogue with a family member about this very thing, saying just these things, like this is damaging. Why would we hold on to something that is not benefiting people? Because that's what Jesus always did. Actually, the church is made of women and men and kids. And their voice matters. And it's important for us that we do not burden people in ways that are more burdensome than life is already. And when we talk about we don't want plans or programs to be a burden, we we want them to serve and benefit people, that includes the things that happen that we do here. Right? Because there's so many examples of misuse or power that is used and put on people. And I can tell you examples. I think I've told you examples in the past. I don't want to belabor it. If you guys haven't heard the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast, which is super popular, that just lists a whole bunch of things. I don't think they go far enough, actually. I don't think they talk about the structure that enabled all these things in the first place. But you start to see that this man was just so overbearing of the people and caused so much devastation. I know people who have PTSD because they served at churches. And the churches required so much of them that it caused stress. I don't want Genesis to ever be a place where we burden people with service. Now, we have had so many people serve here so willingly, so consistently, so, so much with a desire to do so. And that's what we want. And there's a lot of things that we could do if we just like, okay, I'm just gonna start telling people what to do. We're gonna have 10 people come here every Sunday morning. Well, that's half of us right now, right? And it's like, we're gonna come here and we're gonna ask these people to set these things up and we're gonna have you guys cook breakfast and we're gonna do this and we're gonna, and you know what? We could probably start some really big things going and everyone would be like, yeah, look at all the people. Yeah, look at all the people. Man, I'm exhausted. Man, I'm exhausted, Right. I mean, that's one of the reasons we came to these buildings, because for years, we sat up, set up, tore down, moved things. Val, Rick had their trailer in their garages or in their parking lots or or uh, their driveways, that's the word. You guys don't have parking lots. Um, (laughs) And for years, every Sunday, they took care of this faithfully. I didn't have to think about it or anything. But you know, it's a lot of work. And so we were wanting to move forward because we had an idea of trying to get a building. I talk about this a little in the newsletter. But also to alleviate the burden that everyone was just feeling. Because after a while, it's just, it's a lot of work. Now, I still want people to work and serve. I I still, we still need help. We still can use help set up and tear down if you'd like to Let me know. We want to do some things for this Easter. You know, we're having a a Good Friday service. We plan on having a Good Friday service probably around 5 o'clock because we have the AA meeting here at 8. So for an hour, we can probably meet and get some time afterwards to hang out. And then Sunday morning, we'd like to have like breakfast or lunch, brunch, after our gathering set up in the parking lot. Now, I could say, okay, who wants to cook? It's like, oh, really? I'm already going home cooking for my family. You're going to ask me to cook now, right? So I'm not going to do that. We can see if we can hire a taco person. Maybe Carmen, who does the cleaning here, she has a little taco truck. We can do that. Now, if one of you who's listening says, I would love to do that, let me know, as long as you can do it well. You know, we, we'd love that to happen, but see, I'm not gonna put a burden on people because I don't know about you guys, but life's already a burden, right? There's a lot going on, especially right now at this time. I mean, we are still reeling from a pandemic. So many of us have had to adjust so many things because of this, are working harder to fill up our gas tanks and all these kinds of things. And so what we wanna do is make sure that We do not become a burden, but eliminate the burdens and allow everything that we do to benefit people. And and I want you to think about our culture. Who are the eunuchs? Who are the people who are outcasts, the lepers? Who are the people who do not have a voice like the women at that time? Who does God want to reach that people have been saying no because they have a passage in scripture like you shouldn't have your head uncovered or you shouldn't speak and have crippled our ability to communicate to everyone? I'm gonna show a little video here, but we're gonna have to cut off the YouTube, because of copyrighted issues. We're worried that if this has a song in it that's under copyright, we have a license, the CCLI license that covers it, but YouTube doesn't know that. And so they might just say, oh, that's a song we recognize, and they take the whole thing off. So if you're not here, I'm sorry. It's just a little um, video that talks about making a new law, right? And the reason we make new laws is because it's it's a lot easier. It's messy when there's no law telling me right from wrong. It's a lot easier to live in a world where we try to make everything black or white, right? We have the good, the bad. We have the Republican, we have the Democrat. We we can pit each other against each other instead of having to do the hard work of communication and living. But that's exactly what Jesus is asking us to do. That's exactly what we see him doing, and that's what this core value is about. It's not allowing plans and programs to get in the way of the hard work of communication with people, who they are, where they are, and helping them understand, just like Philip did with the eunuch, like Jesus did with the leper. God sees you. God cares for you. God wants to heal you. That's what we want to do. So I'm gonna close in prayer for those watching online and then we will watch the video. And then I'd love to talk about that also with you guys for a minute, but let's pray. God, thank you for this time this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would, again, stir our hearts with these words. I know it's challenged me, Lord, and I pray it would challenge us that we would wrestle with these areas where we have maybe uh, been resistant to bring a change that would benefit those around us. Been hesitant to step in and ask of somebody because we're worried about their reaction or, or don't want to place a burden instead of just having a conversation and asking people if they would like to participate or having the hard work of communication and relationship, Lord. Lord, help us to navigate these things for your kingdom's sake, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. You come up? Yeah. One, two, one, two, three, four.
1: do not be afraid do not be afraid
0: hear some thoughts on what they think it's saying yes mary Mm -hmm. yeah some of the things that the song talks about it's like don't teach me about you know um like um justice and things just tell me who to vote for right don't don't Teach me how to make decisions. Just give me the decision I'm supposed to make. You know, uh, Don't show me how to deal with moderation. Just give me a shot of grape juice, right? Because it's easier to say you can't drink than it is to deal with the fact that, well, some people can drink, some people can't drink, some people drink a little too much, and where's the line between all those things, right? Because it's not that easy. And, and so some of those things are difficult. We want what's easy, but a new law would just give us something that we can follow and not have to ask those questions or lean into those things. Any other thoughts that stood out to you guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, yeah what struck me a lot about this was the very end when it's talking about do not be afraid because fear drove a lot of what limited me. I was told don't even read other material because it might take you astray right? Don't even engage with this because they might deceive you. And so there was this fear that was kind of holding me from asking questions, from having conversations that were more meaningful because I had to hold on to this security, right? The one lady sitting at the desk, she takes off an old mask and puts on a new one, right? It's like, okay, yeah, I'm done. I'm grown now, I just put on a new law, and that's kind of what I was talking about with people who've made Paul's writings Torah, right? And so Paul says this, and man, it's gospel. You know, people get a scripture from Proverbs, you you know, spare the rod and you spoil a child. So people think, well, we have to spank kids. What if we learn a better way? Can't we adjust? Or is it what we've learned 3,000 years ago we have to keep doing today, Right? I mean, we don't do that with all these other areas. We don't still farm the way they do. There is no jubilee in our country, right? Every seven years, everyone's forgiven their debts. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, those things don't happen. We pick and choose the ones that our society works with. And so there's a lot of things that I think we have to question. What's keeping us from that conversation? Are we blinded because of tradition, because of, you know, our wanting things to be easy? You know, when I look at Instagram and I, I see people quoting Bible verses to answer complicated questions, I feel like you're not doing the, the hard work, right? You're throwing out a Bible verse to support your way of thinking, and it just keeps you in that place where you've You've got a new law that's blinding you to all the other conversations that are happening. Thoughts? Anyone, does that make them a little bit nervous? Yeah? (laughs) Yeah. And so I think that's part of like even some of the nuance. Like how can I be, how can I wrestle with it and not be afraid, right, to wrestle with it? It's like, I I still need to wrestle through it. I still need to make these kinds of calculations on where I'm going, what I'm saying, what I'm doing. You know, we had the um, pact last Tuesday, and it was great. And um, sitting with, uh, on the table, where I was sitting, there was a Buddhist, and he was like, full-on Buddhism he was sharing. And a lot of it was really good, but I disagreed with some of it, right? And so but I had to stop and say, okay, I'm not here to shoot him down, right? I'm not here to blast him and say, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? I'm here to listen to him, let him express himself here to develop a relationship. So that the next time I talked to him and I was able to share some things too, right? His words challenged me. I had to let them challenge me. Hopefully my words challenged him and did both things, right? And There was a time where, like, no, we will not allow that conversation to happen in this building at all, right? right? I mean, it's just one of the art for artists they, someone brought, I wasn't there, but maybe you were there, Kirk. Someone brought in a painting of Beelzebub, right? It's like, okay, right, that was here. You know, there's a picture of Beelzebub, and they're talking about it. But I guess the story behind it was a lot deeper than just the picture, Right? But if you just put the mask on and said, oh, there's Beelzebub, get it out of here, get these behind me, right? You know, then you would never have the deeper conversation that allowed you to actually engage that person, right? But that's tricky, right? Because if someone walks in here and sees the art for artists and there's a picture of Beelzebub, we've already had someone say that, you know, we uh, rent this out to uh, Satanists, you know? So why not? Make it true? Um, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm joking. I just, um, <laughs> yeah. but I would rather step into the conversation that's difficult than shut the door on the conversation, right? And I think that goes along with everything I was talking about this morning about the program's plans are always going to submit and benefit people. If they're not, I don't see them as being of God, right? If it's harming people, then it doesn't have his fingerprints on it. If it's causing damage to people, then it doesn't have his fingerprints on it. And sometimes it's hard to know if it damages or not. That's the difficult thing. That's the thing you wrestle with, right? Because love is difficult, I mean, all of us who raised kids, and especially through some of those years, man, there had to be a lot of boundaries, structures, and these kinds of things. It wasn't just like, I hope you live, right? You know, it was like, no, I'm like fighting for your life, and I don't even know how sometimes. And it's hard, and it's difficult, and life is like that. But I don't have to be afraid because God is bigger, and he's going to move this stream consistently in his direction. he is making all things new, whether I'm against it or not. It's not going to change that God is still at work doing things. It doesn't mean that, well, everything happens for a reason. It means that God is always working, and we get to grow and move and shape in that work that he's doing. And I still believe that Jesus is the clearest expression of that work. That's why I'm a Christian follower of christ right because i believe he is that example and i want to follow in that example any other thoughts on the video or anything even the things shared this morning or questions for me because i got all kinds of questions if you guys don't i'll just stay in my head and answer all the ones i have what's that beelzebub yeah who is it's and scripture, it literally is the Lord of the Flies, but it's uh, basically a word that's used for the devil. Yeah, but if you grow up in an evangelical setting and someone has a picture of Beelzebub, you're like, ah! you know, it's like, what? gosh, for years we had to watch this video, right? Uh, what was it called tricker? Trick or treat, or something like that, where we were told that kids were being sacrificed every year to these demonic things. That later has been proven that no, these things didn't happen. The person who was in this video wasn't telling the truth. I mean, but that was never even listened to. It was like, keep showing that video, right? It's like, what the heck? I think we broke the, <laughs> the videotape and then they bought a CD. Um, but I grew up with that kind of fear. Right? Oh, man, the devil's waiting to take your kids. Oh, man, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. I mean, it, it grieves me, the, some of the, the fear I put in my kids about the things that were happening and how I, I stifled their ability to truly live and grow and learn just because of the fears that I had put on them. I didn't know my pants were cuffed like this. I just saw it. Anyway, it's a style. now. I, I, but anyway, th- those things happened. And I feel terrible about it, you know, and I don't want that to continue. Another interesting perspective. Again, it's not like one's right. Well, I think some people didn't have that law because that's what that whole song was about, right? A law. Give me a new law. Give me something that makes me see things this way and not the way things <laughs> when she's handing them the mask, like here, put these blinders on. What I like is when they hand the one guy and he goes, "Oh, he puts it on, it starts walking and it's like, "I feel better now." Who do I think? I think it represents like a person handing out tracks or something like that, a person having a, you know, a belief system that they're trying to give to people. Gosh, those chick tracks. do you guys remember those things? Thank you guys again for being here again you know appreciate you and we'll keep on
1: you have been listening
0: to the genesis podcast we invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings you can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast thank you for listening